Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast Group F preview of this summer's World Cup in Russia. Group F is made up of Germany, Mexico, Sweden, and South Korea. I would say this is the third toughest group to predict. In, uh, I think uh, the Argentina group that we covered a few weeks ago is definitely the group of death. And then coming up next week, the group that has Poland, Colombia, uh, Senegal, and Japan is probably like the has the biggest variation of possible final positions that each team could finish in. But this group, I think, is a close third where obviously Germany, world champions filled with world class players. But those other those other three teams, South Korea, maybe slightly uh, a level below the likes of Sweden and Mexico. But those are those are three teams below Germany that will all think they have just as good of a chance as the other to get out of this group. We're going to start with the world champions. Uh, Germany are going to be at their 19th World Cup. Obviously, just won it in 2014. They have something like five total world championships. Uh, Their manager is uh, Yogi Lowe. Notable players. This is kind of an interesting one. We know know the notables like Toni Kroos from Real Madrid, Mesut Ozil from Arsenal, uh, Jerome Boateng and uh, Mats Hummels from Bayern Munich. Thomas Muller, their forward, who's obviously shown up to most World Cups that he's uh, participated in. He likes to score goals at World Cups, and he doesn't like to score goals at the Euros. He is yet to score at the Euros, and I think he has something like 10 goals at, the, at two World Cups. He's an absolute machine at uh, this tournament. There are a few uh, lineup questions uh, because... Just like any team like Spain and France and Germany, when you have such a wealth of talent, there are the players who are fixed in their positions. But then you look at the likes of like Leroy Sané, Timo Werner. Where do these players fit into this, uh, into this mix of experienced and young, exciting players? Uh, we're going to find out in these next couple of weeks when they play friendlies. I'm, I'm sure by week one, I think those two players I just mentioned, Sané and, and Werner, will be in the lineup. But then you, it just kind of makes you wonder, like, where does that leave... Draxler. Where does that leave... Yeah, Julian Draxler. Where does that leave uh, Thomas Muller? Where, where is he? What area right. of the fish, pitch is he going to start in? Is Timo Werner going to be moved out to the wing, maybe, to accommodate Muller in the center of the field? Uh, obviously, everyone's expectation is that they will reach at least the semifinal and be one of the favorites to win the tournament. Uh, well, they, yeah, they're the defending champions. So. Yeah, well, as we've mentioned in previous pods, the defending champions haven't fared so well at the uh, at the competition after they've won the World Cup. Right. There any danger here that they uh, screw it up and yeah, I actually drop think out of the that group? I actually, this is this is my prediction for a team that's going to be underwhelming in this tournament. Okay. I think Germany is going to be very disappointing. I think that they might squeak by in the group and they might get an early exit uh, somewhere in the round of 16 or the round of 8. Okay. Um, I think that they, kind of as a country... Um, especially just these last few years with Bayern keeps imploding in the Champions League, I think that that might have an effect on them. Just in terms, again, psychologically, I think that they, you know, they, uh, they, they, I think they hit their peak. I think their peak was four years ago, and this team, I think, has declined since then slightly, and they have the same manager, I think. But you say that, tactics. do you mean, you mean the team itself you don't mean the players like surely no, the players, the players have declined are, no, no i just think that like the stature of the team and you know the way that they win games and tactically that they're just slightly below the level that they were 4 years ago 
Now, that's not to say that this team, you know, obviously individually they have awesome players, but I, you know, I I, I think that they're going to have trouble. I think Neuer's, you know, Neuer's, there's question marks of him going into this tournament. Here's Here's the thing. Even if Neuer is not, like, fit or sharp enough and doesn't have the like the rel- the necessarily game time to be considered ready to start day one of the World Cup. Mark Andre Chestergen is not a bad uh replacement. No. When you consider no. obviously he's very talented and has a lot of high level experience playing at Barcelona and winning the Champions League at Barcelona. But he's pretty much a like-for-like replacement in terms of his goalkeeping skill and ability. He's good with the ball at his feet. He's an athletic, just an absolute monster, big, strong, great at shot-stopping. He's basically a Neuer light. Diet Neuer. We've done this joke before. So I don't really... I'm not too concerned with that. I don't think like Neuer is dropping out and they're getting like shaky performances from uh, from Tostergen as a result. Left-back, you could maybe consider kind of a... Quote unquote weakness. Jonas Hector. Jonas Hector from uh, from Cologne is gonna who's gonna be staying at Cologne after they were relegated. He's yeah. still a very good player and he's played well for the national team. I, I'm still gonna pick them to finish uh, first in this group, but we'll come to the the. I, I I just I'm saying I don't think they're gonna drop out. Maybe they have a, a game like to start out where they don't play up to snuff and they draw or something like that, and it, it looks kind of worrying. But I think eventually they still sort of like wrest control of this group away from. Mexico or Sweden, whoever it is. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about their overall chances. There's a possibility to the that Mexico and Sweden could upset Germany. I mean, it's small, but I think this is one of those groups where there's enough talent in the other yes. teams that it's possible that one of the big sharks. You know, it happens at every World Cup. Yeah, you know, France, uh, 2010 were you know miserable. Um, Spain in 2014. And then, you know, it's almost, like you said, it's almost always the champions of the season before. So, hey, just watch out. There could be something here with Germany in this World Cup. And, you know, I would, lo- I would look to see how they're doing in these friendlies, but I wouldn't take too much from them either. They almost always pipe other teams in friendlies. Well, no, I'm not talking about, like, the results of those friendlies. I'm yeah, talking about, more like, like lineup-wise. Lineups and, right. and systems and, and player preferences and groupings like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I still think they'll win this group too, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as people think. It's fair to say that their biggest challenger uh, or their tra- biggest traditional challenger for a group like this is going to be uh, the second team that we're going to preview here, Mexico. It's, they're making their 16th World Cup appearance. Their manager is Colombian uh, Juan Carlos Osorio, who is a uh, very controversial figure in Mexico and among Mexican fans. He's not he's not well-liked. Uh, notable players can include uh, Herving Lozano, Chucky from... Uh, PSV, he's a left winger, likes to cut it on his right and absolutely terrorize defenses. Obviously, uh, Javier Chicharito Hernandez, people Definitely are very familiar. Definitely one to watch for this tournament, I think. Shaki Lozano? Yeah, I think yes, it's, it's going absolutely. Be, people are going to be surprised how good he is. And, and I mean, if you're not aware of him already, I'm sure plenty of U.S. fans are aware of him from the... From those Man City links that he had uh, last summer. That, uh, claiming that you know he'd been loaned out to PSV for four years or three years or something, and he's going to be on City in three no, years. No, I'm saying U.S. fans are aware of him because of his time playing against the U.S. and absolutely right, just, right. just hounding them. Piping them, yes. yeah. Obviously, Javier Hernandez, Chicharito from West Ham. He's, uh, I think he's something like 30 or 31 now. It feels like just yesterday he was... It's Irving and Hernandez, not Hernandez, Herving, 
Just, just don't butcher the name. Should I go like with that, my Cockney accent? Are you about to say Hector Herrera? Should I just go it's like Hector Herrera? Should I go with my Cockney accent? They're like, oh, the Hector Herrera. Jar- Jar- yeah, let, Chicharito. Me, let, let me say the names, Alex. If you're gonna butcher them that badly. I, I, just, I can't take it. I know all the other Hispanics right, are pulling, right, pulling Javier, their right. hair out right now. Just what is what is this? What is this? Hey, in the first British... part, give me credit. In the first part, I did say Uruguay. Yeah, you, <laughs> I was like Uruguay. <laughs> Uruguay. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I was but... on top of it. Fine, Javier, give the notable players. Yeah, yeah. No, take it. Hector Herrera from uh, from FC Porto, who actually had a fantastic season for them this year. He's a great player, and you know he he might make a move. Um, you know, to like to like a bigger team in the future. But, you know, he's doing fine on Porto right now. Uh, Miguel Le- Miguel. Uh, oh, wow. Oh, look at that. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Look at the American. Oh, God. Went into my American mode for a second there. Uh, Miguel Layun from Sevilla. Um, a pretty talented left back. They, you know, Very attacking left back. Yeah. They have, they have, they've got a lot of uh, – one of my favorite players who, you know, he's been on Mexico. I think this, this is either his third or his fourth World Cup now. He's, 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 got, he's getting on now. Uh, Andres Guardado, nifty, nifty player. Used to be super tricky and quick, but I think now he's more of a more of a you know ten, kind of just everything goes through him type role in and, the center of midfield. Yeah, and uh, Carlos Vela, who ex Arsenal, who's now you know destroying the MLS. Seems to be getting a brace every game, and uh, you know LAFC are one of the best teams. They're an expansion team, and, and they're one of the best teams in MLS right now. So. You know, watch for Carlos Vela, who's on form. Uh, I'm sure they're going to be missing him uh, in the MLS because MLS is in the middle of the summer. So, lol. <laughs> yeah, all of <laughs> a bunch of these players who uh, a bunch of the Costa Rican players that you mentioned on the on the last pod, and uh, you know some of the players on on this team are are leaving, and it's really going to hurt MLS. So Panama has a lot of. Uh, we'll get to them next week, but they yeah. have a lot of MLS players. Mexico. In the last six World Cups, they've been knocked out of the round of 16. They always make it out of the group. They which just... means they make it out of the group. Right. Which, we'll get to it near the end, but... Uh, I think that's the bare minimum that Mexican fans think of their team. They always expect their team to make it out of the group. And I think they're looking for someone to push their team past that round of 16. That's what they're expecting now. Cause Is Lozano that guy? I think... He seems to be like the, the player... With the biggest sort of it factor yeah. that you look to and say that's the guy that with the game like very uh, well balanced at nil nil like just begging for someone to take control of it and make a play that wins it. Chucky Lozano seems to be the player that could grab it by grab it by its neck and and, and win Mexico a couple of games. A player that I we haven't mentioned yet, and uh, if you want to say his name, you can go ahead. Uh, Raúl Jiménez. Oh, that was uh, much better, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> he's a striker from Benfica. In the past, he's played at Atletico at, or uh, been on loan at Benfica. I think they just recently bought him permanently. He's basically the starter over Chicharito. He, as Chicharito has aged, Jimenez has get, grabbed more of a hold of that center forward spot. They're very similar players. They don't play well together. They both prefer to play as the number nine by themselves in Mexico's four-three-three. And I know, I know, people talk about Mexico as a very solid possession style team but something i've really been surprised with and like pleased to see with them whenever i've watched them over this last world cup cycle is that they like to play a lot of aerial balls into the box they're not like yes they keep possession and they're they're, they're very uh content to have possession but they're not constantly trying to do tiki taka and pick their way through uh through a team with the ball on the ground they're not afraid to just have uh, players like Layun from the wing and Guardado with his technical ability look up and pick a ball 
in over the back of the defense or from a wide area into the back post to find Jimenez or to find Chicharito. And those two players, it suits them very well to, to play that way. They're going to need at least one of them to really rise to the occasion here. And, you know, if Jimenez is having a bad game to start for the first 60 minutes and they bring on uh, Hernandez, he's going to have to play well. And then you'll see for the following game, he'll probably start. I want to talk about Juan Carlos Osorio real quick. I mentioned before that he's kind of a controversial figure in Mexico. A lot of Mexicans have been very upset with the fact that he is very, he has a very strong belief in a rotation system. We saw the Confederations Cup last summer where they had overall a pretty disappointing showing there. They'll play one, they'll play one game against decent opponents, play their full first team, and then come back the very next game against uh, an opponent who is not really to be underestimated. And they'll play their their bench their bench players, and these are games that they they're looking to win. They're, it's not like these game, one game matters more than the other. Osorio just feels very strongly that that his full twenty four man squad kind of sounds like Wenger. <laughs> he just very he's, he has a lot of belief in his players, almost Ugh. to his detriment. Ugh. and you know at a sounds world, like someone I know at a World Cup. There's no room for that, and I, I think if you see them have more of a if you see Osorio have more of a trust and more of a commitment to. These players we've mentioned, obviously there's a whole host of others that will be playing mainly in defense. They don't have too many recognizable names in, in, in defense. But he has to have a real commitment to his starters so that that's not on their mind. They shouldn't be focused on, oh my god, I hope I play well so that I can start the next match. They should just be focused on getting a good result in these three games in the limited amount of time they have to really make an impact at this World Cup. The team that's going to be uh, competing with them mainly for second place that coming into these previews, I, uh, I actually had a very a slight soft spot for, was Sweden. Sweden are going to be making their 12th World Cup appearance. It's their first since 2006, and their first without Zlatan Ibrahimovic and even longer. Their manager is Jan Andersson, notable players. Uh, for those of you who don't know anyone for Sweden other than Zlatan, he will not be uh, coming to this World Cup. Uh, Emil Forsberg is... Their left midfielder slash attacking midfielder, number 10 type player. He plays at RB Leipzig and I think is far and away considered their most talented attacking player. Uh, the rest of their attack is filled out by uh, Ola Toivonen and Marcus Berg, the two strikers from Toulouse and uh, Alain, respectively. And on the opposite wing from Forsberg is going to be Jimmy Dermaz from Toulouse also. They play a very defensive 4-4-2 that I want to... You know what? I think I'm going to compare it to the 4-4-2 that we saw RB Leipzig play last year. I don't know if any, if any of you guys had watched a lot of RB Leipzig last year when they first came up into the German League. But they had a lot of success with a defensive 4-4-2 that really looked to counterattack with pace from the wings and intelligent runs from the two center forwards. Toivonen and Marcus Berg are a pretty good partnership, I would say. You know, they're not they're not one of two of the most talented strikers at at, uh, at this World Cup, but Toivonen is a little bit more of a second striker like number 10 type role. He's the one who scored that amazing goal against France from the uh from the halfway line when Loris made that terrible mistake during quali qualifying a few months ago. And uh Marcus Berg is the former PSV, I want to say, and uh, Hamburg striker, who over his 10-year career has a goal every other game rate, which that's all you can really ask for. He's big, he's 6'1 or 6'2, 
good with his head, good in build-up. He's the player that I think is going to be the sort of surprise uh, of this World Cup, the player who's maybe grabs three or four goals in qualifying that really is the, the key to having Sweden really challenge for maybe even first place in this group because if he's not scoring goals, then they're just going to be having a whole load of very defensive, boring, nil-nil, 1-1 type of games. If he's able to bang home a couple of goals in the three games that they'll be given in this group, I like them to get out of it, to be honest. Uh, defensively, they have Robin Olsen as their goalkeeper from FC Copenhagen. Their uh, two center backs are Victor Lindelof from Manchester United and Andreas Granqvist from uh, Krasnodar in ooh, Russia. So he'll be right at home. And Lindelof and Granqvist, I know Lindelof, for those of you who watch the Premier League, he's not been overly impressive in his first season at United. For Sweden, when they're, he's allowed to play in that low block def- very defensively, he's an absolute monster. He's great with the ball at his feet and playing and initiating those counterattacks. When they do get the ball back, he was amazing in those two legs against Italy that they uh, had to win to get into the World Cup. I like Sweden. I like them to get out of this group. I'm like I was. I was. Starting to convince me with Mexico uh, a few minutes ago there, but I'm, I'm going to keep coming back to Sweden because I, I like the defensive solidity and I, I, I like what they have in those four attacking players that I mentioned before on the counterattack. I think they'll be able to take advantage of definitely Mexico and South Korea and they could get a draw out of that Germany game. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that they, they're going to be fighting with Mexico for that second spot and... I, I'm not so convinced about that back line um, and their goalie that it, it seems like they might have some trouble there. You say that they're really strong defensively, but... The names I aren't necessarily there, it. I'll admit. like I, I can I can see what you mean. Like, Robin Olsen isn't a household name at goalkeeper. You, right. But they play better as a unit. They're okay. a very good defensive unit, and they're very well drilled by uh, Jan Andersen. South Korea will make up the final spot in this group. Relatively low expectations for the South Korea team uh, as compared to previous years in the World Cup when they've had the likes of Park Ji-sung in their lineup. It's their 10th World Cup appearance. Their manager is Shin Tae-young. Notable players, obviously we have to go straight to Sun Hyung-ming from Tottenham. I think he's my favorite Korean player of all time. He obviously used to be Park Ji-sung, but uh Song Hyun Min is well. It's hard to like him because he's on Tottenham, but when you get past the Tottenham thing, but did you do you not know about him during the uh, the Leverkusen days, or was he playing for Hamburg? He was playing for a couple teams in Germany before he came. Yeah, to no, the, I didn't really know about Tottenham. him before Tottenham. Okay, all I know is a good friend of mine, uh, Micah. Sh- shout out to Micah. Shout out to Micah Kim. Uh, shout out to Pandemonium from uh, University of Maryland, my acapella group. This kid sent me a video of. The Bundesliga goal of the se- goals of the season the year before Song Hyun Ming uh, signed for Tottenham, and I want to say four of the top ten goals were Song Hyun Ming. Just those laser beams that we've gotten used to in the Premier League that he can hit. <laughs> and I remember just thinking he was like twenty one at the time, twenty. I was just thinking, holy shit, has Korea ever produced an attacking player this good before? The answer is no. He's by far and away their best uh, attacking player of all time. I want to say. Uh, a few other familiar names that uh, Premier League fans might make, uh, might remember. Uh, Ki Sung-young from uh, Swansea City. Lee Chung-young from Crystal Palace, both center midfielders. And uh, the rest of their squad is made up of mostly players from the J-League in Japan, including their goalie Kim Sung-gyu uh, from Vissel Kobe. 
And there's a few players from the German Bundesliga in there too, most namely Kujak Scholl from uh, Augsburg. He's a center midfielder with about as many caps as uh, Sung Hyung Ming, like 65, and he's got two fewer goals, 19 as opposed to um, Son's 21 in 63 games. Wow. I'm bringing this off the top of my head, but, you know, so there's some there's some good midfield and attacking options here for South Korea. That's how they usually uh, shape out for previous World Cups. They're usually like a, a fun attacking team who are used to having their way in possession during Asia qualifying. But this is going to be a group where I think they may be fun to watch. They may be fun to watch going forward, but the teams they're going to be competing with are going to be able to really take advantage of their defensive deficiencies. Uh, that's that's where they're really going to struggle. I think I have them bottom of this group. They're a fun team. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna look forward to all their games, whether it's against Sweden, Mexico, or Germany. I think they're going to be a team similar to this. Or it's, they're going to end up being similar to like Saudi Arabia in Group A. They're definitely better in terms of in quality. I'm I'm, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not trying to completely shit on them. But these games are going to shape out where they'll make a fist of it. They'll create chances and, and be a fun team. But at the end of the day, I think. Specifically against Mexico, who usually thrive against any team that isn't <laughs> like miles better than them. You know, the th- the whole thing with Mexico is that they're good against good. They beat good teams. They get absolutely destroyed against great teams, and that's why they always lose in the round of sixteen because they come up against like an Argentina or a Germany or someone like that. Uh, but South Korea. That Germany game will be tough for them, and it's, it's the Sweden game that I think they're really going to have to go for it and hope that Sweden's attacking players aren't able to get at them on the counterattack too much. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's a little bit of a disservice thinking that they're just going to definitely be bottom of this group. You know, they were semifinalists they um, in 2002, and they've made every World Cup since. They've been pretty good. I mean, they're... They they're, got out of the group in 2010. Yeah, they're a hard-working team. Um, they, I think that's mentality-wise, I think that's the, the thing they have most going for them. I think that, you know, they're going to have nothing to fear, and, like... Um, they probably have very low expectations. Yeah, but this team Which will is, help them. is full of hard workers and of people with strong mentality. And you know, this is a country that every single one of those players has been through military service. Not Sung Hyung Ming. He got uh, out of it. Oh, so, <laughs> that was uh, a worry there for a almost second. every almost all of them. Yeah. But you know, what I'm saying is, you know, these these players could um, they could surprise and and. Like you said, you know, watch them. They'll be fun to watch. And, and you know, it's it's possible to get out of this group. Um, it would be a surprise for me because it would have to be over Germany or Mexico who I'm picking to get out of this group. But, yeah, I think that I think they might even finish third. So I think I'm going to go um, – I think I'm going to go Germany 1, Mexico 2, South Korea 3, and Sweden 4. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to go Germany 1, Sweden 2, Mexico 3, South Korea 4. But I'm going to say it's possible – this could be the the flop group that just everybody gets See, completely Javier, wrong. You can't just mention that it could be the flop yeah, group. You gotta back it I gotta up. Actually, you gotta like, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, yeah. but like because we've been going, just be like Alexi Lawless and just be like, ah, oh, I think Germany are going to be knocked out of this group. And uh, I don't think Alexi Lawless would say that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think even he's not, too but... smart for that. Let's talk about big picture, not just for Germany. I want to talk about big picture for Mexico, too. Do you think there's a chance that they get to a quarterfinal? They finally break that round of 16 curse? They'd have to probably win this group. They'd have to play against the winner of the previous group, which is... Oh, Brazil. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> They really don't want to finish second. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it's going to be rough for them if they finish first. Or, sorry, if they finish second in this group, it's going to be really rough. But if they somehow find a way of finishing first, I could see that, them making a run. It makes to that German final or a semifinal. Very interesting. Right. Where they'll they'll have to invest themselves heavily in that and see if they can nick a win or get a draw and hope that Germany slip up in one of the other two games. I, I bring up Mexico just because, you know, they have more of the World Cup experience. They have more players... They have more talented players than Sweden, I think, on paper. Even though I have Sweden to get out of this group, I, I do accept that Mexico are perhaps the the bigger favorite to get that second qualification spot. That's why I mentioned them in terms of their big picture uh, prospects. Germany, you, who who's your pick, uh, just in general, for the whole World Cup? Who's your pick to win it? Was it Brazil? Yeah, I said Brazil. Okay, I was wondering. I thought you might have you might have thought it was Germany a few weeks ago. Despite... No, no, I've always been on the Brazil train ever since they uh, ever dominated since... South America. Yeah, pretty much two years ago, I thought they were going to win. So I've I've been on that uh, that train of thought still. Is it the World Cup winners' curse? That's the main reason why people aren't really picking them to win it this year. I think they're always considered among the favorites with Brazil and with Spain. I mean, they have the most France. semifinals of any of any team, so it's more than likely they more than often make the semifinal than they don't. So, and if you make the semifinal, you always you're always in there to win it. But I don't I don't think they'll make it farther than the quarters this year. I think they're going to have to meet up with a Spain or a Brazil and they're going to get knocked out. So, um yeah, I don't see them going that far this year, and I think that they're Probably going to have to get rid of Joaquin Lowe after this tournament. Um, I think the Germans are going to be overall disappointed. And, you know, they're going to have to make that transition from the old guard to the new guard with some of these young players like Sané, Werner, Draxler, Julian Brandt. Um, you know, there's so many young German players that are coming up that they're going to have to integrate into the squad. And, you know, some of these older players um, are going to probably have to make way. You know, the Thomas Müllers and... Um, Müller's not old. <laughs> He's like 28. Uh, he's been around a long time. I'm saying, you know, he might have to be a more of a bit part player and off the bench than you know a starter in these in in future future tournaments for Germany. This may be his last tournament as a starter. So, Interesting. You know, we'll see. That's just from the about. pure amount of talent they produce. Yeah, I will mention that Germany did get to the semifinals of the Euros two years ago, where they did lose to France from a very impressive performance by France. I think they lost two nil. In the semifinals, it was the most one of the most highly anticipated games of that Euros. Pretty much the only good game. <clears throat> oh no, their uh, their game uh, against uh, Italy in the previous round that was a, that was a pretty good game. I know it ended one one and then went to penalties, but Snoozer. I I enjoyed that. I just I enjoyed like watching yeah, you, Conte yeah, you, you versus like Yogi Love. Like one nils and then, Conte Javier Antonio Conte. The defensive God. boring crap football. I mean, get used to it. When I am coming in. To- <laughs> At the, I'm sure you were loving Van Gaal when he was on United. You probably just loved that, you know, Ooh, no, 70% think, possession, 1-0. I, I don't think I watched any Van Gaal at United. <laughs> I stayed the hell away from that. I think it's perfectly possible that, obviously, Germany win this World Cup. They obviously have the talent, too. Uh, they have the overall... Is that make- your pick? No, no, no. You've heard my pick, Javier, and it's Spain. Okay, then I don't <laughs> know why you're. I don't, with, I don't know why you're saying this. You're I'm just. just you're I'm, doing the. the I'm oh, setting you're up. You're just mentioning that they could win the World I, Cup. I'm setting yeah. up the fact that they obviously could win the World Cup. That's not a big statement. They, right. They're the champions. It's not a big statement. But I'm also saying, any team with obviously talent and more, more, more importantly, athleticism. 
specifically on the counterattack, I think we'll be able to really take advantage of Germany's possession style, where obviously France just did it two years ago in a semifinal, admittedly a home semifinal during that, that Euro tournament. But I think another team to watch out for that's going to probably be on the same side of the bracket as them is going to be Belgium. I think Germany-Belgium could be a matchup that we maybe see in yeah. these knockout rounds that Belgium see as their chance to really bring themselves knock Goliath the yeah. off his off his and make uh, high themselves horse. one of the tournament favorites. Exactly. Yeah. They have all the, ne- the necessarily athleticism. Obviously, you think of Lukaku and oh, we would have thought of Nightingolen, but he's not going to the World Cup. We'll get to that next week. Uh I'm just saying, look for Germany to be more of a gatekeeper this tournament than an actual contender for the tournament. Oh, good. I'm glad I've changed you on. Uh... I mean, they're one of the three favorites. You know, you can't just I don't you can't just that, dismiss but yeah. them. But I'm saying a general favorite. That's yeah. That's my three not a favorites big... are Brazil, Spain, and Argentina. And I think Argentina, Argentina are not Argentina are third favorites. <laughs> just down the line, purely because of Messi. I think Messi's just going to drag them through the tournament. But... All right. Yeah, just bold predictions here today on the Goal Skull podcast. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Just as a reminder, I had Germany, Sweden, Mexico, and then South Korea coming out of Group F. Javier had Germany, Mexico, South Korea, and then Sweden as his uh, one through four. Stay tuned for next week. We'll be doing the final two groups of, uh, of the World Cup. And then the week after that, we'll be doing a very... Uh, we might do a little makeshift bracket too, maybe. Uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get to a more general big picture right. World Cup uh, predictions pod the week before the tournament starts. But next week, we'll finish up our final two uh, 20 to 30 minute previews. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, bye